Welcome to STEM Punks. STEM Punks is a bi-monthly podcast intended to bring science, technology, engineering, straight to your ears from our STEM Punk studio. Hang on, we'll take you for a ride that includes a whole lot of fun and a little bit of education on the side. Stay tuned. Nice to be in orbit. Welcome to the STEM Punks Podcast. My name is Joe Garut, and I will be your host. And as always, I've got my buddy here, Stembot. Hello, Stembot. Hello, Joe. Stembot, we're going to have a conversation today about conversation. It started off with a little bit of a discussion between co-producer Michael Friend and I, and I'm just going to drop right into that. Stembot, will you cue that up? You bet. Here we go. Yeah, and that, that's actually sort of what my intent is about this podcast to a certain extent, is that I don't want to focus on the negative aspects of whatever topic it is that we're doing. I want to find the positive elements of something that's happening. How are we fixing something, not let's talk about how broken it is and go on and on about it in that way. Do you think we should avoid the negatives because they shouldn't be talked about? No. I think that we can make a statement about that and then try to find a way that speaks in a non-biased way. One of the things we're trying to do is motivate listeners to do something positive about things rather than just wallow in whatever the problem might be. So I'm hearing you say that you don't want it to be a podcast about how bad things are. But you also are not trying to avoid the fact that there are negative aspects to the topics that we bring up. Sure. And what I feel like I get from you and when we produce this, we look at the negative things that are occurring and try to provide solutions for them. Yes. Are we going to talk about how badly we communicate and how we're never going to get it together? Because, you know, there are two diverse opinions that are never going to come together. No. We're going to talk about how we can listen and respond with empathy. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to do this. This topic came up for me because social media. I agree with Lady Gaga when she says that social media is the toilet of the internet. It is oftentimes just ugly. There are things in our political climate that motivate me to want to say something. And I believe that I have facts around that topic. And look at other people posting the opposite. I want to share with them the facts that I have to let them know that maybe they are missing what is going on. To try and motivate positively everyone around to change in a way that will be beneficial for us in the future. That's how I get started on this topic. You know, I mean, I, I like what you're saying. I, mean, I talked to a guy the other day. He believes that the NASA faked the moon landing. And I said, Maybe you're right. Uh, I heard that they hired Stanley Kubrick to do it, but he insisted on doing it on location. And the guy was like, well, see, that proves it. <laughs> so. so while we realize that uh, we're opening up a can of worms doing this, we think that it's important enough to talk about how we talk to go ahead and, and do a podcast on it. So today, my guest in the studio, in addition to my co-producer, Michael Friend, is Tommy Fliss. Stembot, will you please play the interview with Tommy? And folks, I do have to tell you that uh, there will be a moment in here where we're going to have to cut away and cut back because, unfortunately, I made a bit of an error. Stembot? Okay, Joe, here you go. 
So now I'd like to introduce a guy that uh, if you've lived in Hood River for, I don't know, the last several months, I'm sure you've seen him on a billboard that's probably 20 feet high, kayaking and grinning his signature grin. Tommy Fliss is our guest in the studio. Hi, Tommy. How's it going, Joe? Really good, really good. I'm really <laughs> glad that you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Uh, I'm a physical therapist. I work for uh, Mid-Columbia Medical Center. Uh, so I work down at Nichols Landing, the uh, new building at uh, the waterfront. And then I also uh, often split my time at Water's Edge in the Dallas. Both beautiful facilities right on yeah, the, the Columbia. We're really lucky. It's like Nature Channel physical therapy there. I invited you on the show because um, we had a really good conversation the other day when we were talking about communication. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're talking about <clears throat> some of the barriers to communication. And, and with your job, mm -hmm. um, you have some unique barriers that I'm not going to see in my everyday life. And, and uh, you have some skills to kind of work around that. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Some of the most meaningful work I do as a physical therapist is working with folks that have like you know an emotional backdrop so you could certainly be working with someone that has back pain but maybe they have a whole set of family circumstances or work circumstances that are really troubling first you see that the most important thing you can do for this person is validate their feelings right? maybe someone is no longer able to horseback ride as they used to to work as they used to they sense kind of a certain judgment from their peers or society or family and feel maybe dismissed, right? Feel like, like their pain has been downplayed. Sometimes the most important thing I do in the first session, the first time I meet someone for an appointment, is just listen with the intent to understand, right? We hear that all the time. Listen with the intent to understand, not with the intent to reply or give advice, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, from, from my standpoint, I like after a session like that, I feel like I've really offered someone something important, right? I can really relate to that because then you feel validated. As, mm -hmm. as a patient. Yeah. Now I'll cut in here to say that this is where the recording went awry. We needed to go back and listen to something so that we could go on with our conversation. And unfortunately, I switched to the wrong microphone. So my apologies. Here's the rest of the interview with Tommy. So when someone comes in and says, all right, well, you know, I know I, I, you, you gave me a couple things to be with. I didn't do them. My response is this, hey, I just want you to know, you could come in and tell me, I didn't do the exercises, I don't intend to do the exercises, and I don't even like it. And I'm going to tell you, that's okay, life happens, and I'm on your side anyway. It's also a great opportunity for me, as a medical provider, to choose to either browbeat you, or say, hey, we're still on the same side. It seems to me, and I started this podcast idea, because I witness evidence of when I push an idea hard enough, people's first inclination is to push back. Mm -hmm. And when you browbeat me, and if you're my physical therapist, and you say, well, the only way you're going to get better is to do these exercises, then I feel pushed in a way that doesn't motivate me. I want to push back mm -hmm. more so than I feel encouraged. Yeah. You know, perfect demonstration is if you hold your hand up to somebody and have them put their palm against your palm and you push, the first thing they do is push back. Yeah. So I can appreciate that when you see that option, you're going to say, well, I'm on your side anyway, and I'm going to help you figure out a way to get motivated to do this rather than I'm going to force you into doing it. You know. Uh, interacting with people gets so much easier that way too. Now we're dancing instead of wrestling. There are lots of behaviors that make it this kind of uh, like s smoother interaction versus those that maybe turn it into this, like again, conflict, mm -hmm. right? You're working together. Yeah, you're working collaborating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Part of why this comes up, you know, is because of the political climate we have. You know, we have people who have strong opinions. Yeah. And I think we all feel like we're right. We never go into a conversation going, well, I hope I go into this conversation and somebody proves that I'm wrong so that I, you know, learn something. Although 
I'd have to say for myself, I do try to, I like to think that I genuinely am trying to find out information. Mm. You know, I encourage people who have a differing opinion to share their facts mm -hmm. because I do want to be well informed. I do want to understand the ways that people come at a problem from different approaches and how facts can be presented. Geez, I recognize that scientific studies are done on both sides yeah. of an opinion. To you, scientific humility is an obligation. It's not unlike uh, the willingness to you know, work at oneself to become a wiser, better human being. It has a certain amount of humility in science and in your willingness, your openness, to hear the other side and be swayed by it. So do you think maybe that's a key to, to some of this, for everybody to stop at some point and say, what's my motivation in doing this? Well, Joe uh, and I had a very interesting conversation the other day about civility. Right? This is something mm -hmm. that has come up when we're dealing with opposing sides. And, and Joe and I both went back and reread Martin Luther King's you know, letter from the Birmingham jail. There are studies out there. I think people have discovered that interacting with decorum, with civility, these are not the things that actually bring about social change. And so the, if the question is, should we all be changing the way that we interact with each other? Should we be trying to connect with each other first? This is actually a situation where I don't think necessarily that the objective is building rapport, right? So in my job, I'm trying to build rapport with people. But if we get so fixated on building rapport, making a connection, seeing the other side first, and you know, establishing that with folks that might strongly disagree with things that we think are just basic decency, all right? Like, you know, let's say I'm interacting with someone that is racist. Do I really want to have to take the time to gently connect with that person, build rapport with the knowledge that, that may not be the thing that then brings about any kind of social change. Instead, all that brings about is this sense that, hey, we did something here. We connected. Wasn't that nice? Mm -hmm. Sort of bring complacency. Right? Well, certainly in that letter that Dr. King wrote, yeah. you know, one of the things that I found interesting is, is the fact that he pointed that out. My takeaway from it was is that if we have that approach, we might be able to develop that rapport and we might have a change that takes place at some point if everybody is a little more civil because eventually something may come from it. There are issues that can't afford to wait that timeline out. We have things that we need to, we need to decide on. We need to decide on now. And we can't do it in a civil way? Well, you know, I, that's what we're here to discover. And, and, and one of the things that I think is important about this podcast is not that I think I've got the answer. I think that the idea from this podcast is that we have some barriers in communication and there are many approaches that people can take to communicate with each other. And what we need to understand from it is what do we want to have happen in the end? Do we want to just be able to develop rapport, not fight with that old friend from high school because, you know, we may not be able to bridge that gap. We may not be able to have them see our facts and, and change their mind. Or do we want to evoke change that we truly believe in? And if so, what does it take to do that? The letter from Dr. King would suggest nonviolent protests. I think that maybe the takeaway from today's podcast is that there are times for that and there are reasons for that. And the reason isn't to gain public attention for the individual as much as it is to say the reason we're doing this is because there are this many people who really believe in it enough that we want to make people understand that they should pay attention to it and take a stand. My impression is that we're talking about science here. We're talking about STEM. 
an application of science, right, is looking at what behaviors actually bring about social change, which ones don't. I think it's the Albert Einstein Institute lists 198 behaviors or activities that one can engage in that actually have some support for producing real change. Let's put a link to that. Yeah. Michael, I'm already on it. My brother, uh, like, aptly put, he said, it turns out, Tom, because he sent me the link, it turns out that uh, standing with your neighbor at the fence and, like, having a polite discussion isn't listed. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's the thing that this tortoise, which is ready for change over a slow period of time, wants to have. I yeah. want to have that, hey, buddy, let me just nudge you in the right direction and see if yeah. that little bit of inertia can make but, some difference. But you guys are young. Do you have time to slowly make those changes? In some of the issues that we're facing, no. I don't think we do. No, I don't. Because on behalf of others that have even less time, I have to have them in mind. Tommy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I just really appreciate it and uh, really appreciate you sharing your views. Thanks, Joe. It was a pleasure. My apologies to you, the listener, and also to my guest, Tommy Fliss, for the abruptness of the end of that conversation. As I mentioned earlier, we had some technical difficulties in the recording, and uh, a lot of what I wanted to use there just didn't end up coming through the way I wanted. So let me just wrap up with a few thoughts of my own here. You know, we have a choice as a participant in conversations about what attitude we bring as a receiver of new information. Because we are influenced by the attitudes and emotions of others, we are primed to follow suit when an angry statement is directed our way. As the flush of anger comes over us, we have a choice. Should we lash back at the initiator of the firestorm, or should we ask ourselves why the anger exists? Recently, actor Patton Oswalt was attacked on social media. A man lashed out at him viciously online, and Patton had a choice at that point. Get nasty back, or not, or maybe let it go entirely, not say anything, and just ignore the antagonist. Instead, he chose to look into the life of the attacker and find out why he was so upset. It turns out his attacker, Michael Beatty, had plenty of reasons to be upset, none of which were Patton Oswalt. And due to the safety of a computer screen and a moment of indiscretion, the attack happened. As Tommy mentioned earlier, there is an emotional backdrop we all have, a history of thinking and interacting that we draw from to make our decisions. This is not news to most of you. We've either heard it before or just kind of figured it out as we've lived our lives. What you may not have heard is that we can affect and are affected by other people in a way that can sneak up on us and influence our behavior beyond our control if we're not mindful of the fact that it can happen. In a study conducted at Cornell University entitled I'm Sad, You're Sad, they demonstrated that we pick up and emulate the emotions of people we interact with, in this case, via text message. Have you ever noticed that when you receive sad news from a loved one, you take on the mood of that person? Ever have it ruin your day? Aunt Sally's husband was just diagnosed with terminalia and has three months to live, would tend to put a damper on anyone's day. Likewise, when your partner or friend has fantastic news they share, you feel elated with them. But the influence of others goes further than that. In an experiment done for the National Academy of Sciences, they demonstrated that just scrolling through Facebook can change your state of being. Stembot, how many users did they study? They studied 689,003 people, Joe. Oh, that's a pretty big sample. 
And what they discovered is that emotional states of others can be transferred to us via emotional contagion. You don't even have to interact, just scroll. The effect of seeing a bunch of negative posts is likely to cause us to post negatively ourselves and, of course, the opposite is also true. Positive posts in our feed are likely to remind us that things aren't so dark after all. I would also note, however, that a long string of happy posts can also cause someone to feel depressed and alone. Either way, it's clear that some effect on our psyche is happening. The question for all of us now is what do we do with this information? As our guest has indicated, my giving you scientific information to tell you there's a reason for your negativity may not influence you if you're not already aware and on some level in belief of it. And if you're in a negative mood at the time the facts are given, you're even less likely to agree with them. As a good friend pointed out just recently, we have become a society that is not likely to hear facts and be swayed by them as much as we are a society driven by emotion. As it turns out, after preparing this podcast, I found out that President Barack Obama just alluded to the same thing March the 6th. Constantly, we see demonstrated that people assert their ignorance as being just as valid as another's facts. It simply doesn't matter that they don't have any evidence to base their statement on, just a feeling that they have, a feeling that their position is right. A catchphrase may have caught their ear, and that's what they'll repeat with blind trust. There's just about no way to deliver facts to the contrary to a person like that and sway them. So what do you do? Well, now it's up to you. Will you check in with yourself and take an emotional inventory before you respond to a post? Will you try to understand the emotional backdrop of the person and why they might be so upset by an issue? Will you continue posting angry messages about what you believe to be right and hope that you'll pound the information into the heads of those quote-unquote ignorance? Or will you politely post about your issue and hope that someone will appreciate your kind of approach and change their mind? I'm guilty of that. Will you be a part of a nonviolent protest to add your voice to a cause that you believe in and not give up until the change happens? Some children are doing that very thing right now. It's impressive. Maybe most importantly, will you let yourself be swayed by information that has basis in fact? Not manipulated information to fuel an agenda, because that has to be explored in order to consider any source valid now, but actual facts. And will you take the time to do the reading to check the facts, or listening, in this case, of a podcast? There's so much to think about. Back to our story about Mr. Oswald, he did choose to respond. Much like Sarah Silverman did a little over a year ago, he responded in a generous and kind-hearted manner that quite literally changed his attacker's life. He explored Michael Beatty's background and discovered that he was a veteran who had distressing medical issues, a massive amount of medical debt, and had every reason to be pissed off. Mr. Beatty also had a crowdfunding campaign going on to raise money online. Patton Oswald donated $2,000 and encouraged his fans to understand this man's anger and pain and donate too. As of this recording, Michael Beatty's crowdfunding account has almost $47,000 in it, and he is a changed man. Humbled by the act of compassion that another person made by taking the time to understand him, he will not be lashing out at anyone anytime soon. There's so much good in the world. Science can help you experience it. Thanks for listening to the STEM Punks podcast. 
Time to say goodbye, Stembot. Goodbye, Stembot. The Stempunks podcast is recorded in a special padded room in White Salmon, Washington. And occasionally we have the use of Sasquatch Recording Studios in Bingen. The show is sponsored by Cottywomple Creative. A Cottywomple is a purposeful journey towards a vague destination. Cottywomple Creative journeys forth creating both art and practical items with a bit of whimsy. You can see their work at CottywompleCreative.com. We are also able to keep this podcast going due to our STEM Punks teammates at Patreon. Thank you all so much for sponsoring the show. And we'd like to give a shout out to Columbia Insight, independent environmental journalism. Columbia Insight inspires, educates, and encourages dialogue about environmental and conservation issues affecting the Columbia River Basin. Thank you all so much for listening to the STEM Punks podcast. 